It's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, and we're in the Fred Bertelson old-time radio room. And, oh shoot, I forgot to look up who was playing tonight. Kelly. Kelly is, that's right. I knew it was somebody who wasn't in the room. Um, Funny, because I looked it up earlier this morning and I, it just dropped out of my head. Okay, that's good. So Kelly will be with us in 30 minutes. Let me uh, quickly mention what's happening on Same Time, Same Station. And we're, and we're doing something that will probably last, oh, another maybe nine or ten times. And that's a look at Disney. We're doing part three this particular uh, weekend. And, and we've actually been able to, to minimize it. And it's not just Disney. It's Snow White. And so we will be playing a, 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 it's actually a radio broadcast from RKO Pictures, who were the people who contracted for Disney at the time. And they were just introducing Snow White. So that's from 1937. It's about 13 or 14 minutes long. Uh, then the Charlie McCarthy show, this is just an excerpt. This is all that seems to exist out of a 60-minute program, we have got about 22 minutes, and it is, most of it is taken up with uh, Snow White, with the, with the slight change in terms of what happens with when you get Charlie McCarthy involved. So you can imagine. <laughs> so that's uh, only 22 minutes, and I looked and I thought, gee, do we only have an excerpt from a disc? And that's all that seems to be available. So not sure why that is, but that's that's the way it was. Uh Eddie Cantor also does his version of Snow White from 1938. This is a part of Texaco Town, and we'll play that. And that that takes care of the first hour. The second hour is the actual Snow White performance from the Lux Radio Theater, and this is from December 26, 1938. It's a 60-minute show, and um, John has liberal comments or conservative comments. Actually, he has comments. Uh about Disney and about what they were doing at the time. So he was able to kind of shed some light on how long it took to make the movie and things like that. So that's happening on Same Time, Same Station. Uh, it'll be up here sometime next week. We've got it uh, on a lot of different stations as well this weekend. So if you're interested, please stay tuned. Um, by the way, uh, uh, we talked about the fact that Kelly Sapergia is on tonight. Joy Jackson will be on Michael's Saturday Surprise on Saturday. And uh, on Yesterday USA, Walden and Patricia this evening. And tomorrow, John and I and Walden and Bob Lyons. And I'm not sure what we'll do after that. We don't have a guest. Saturday is Walden and Patricia again. And Sunday, uh, it's the three of us again, right? Is there a guest? I don't think so. Nope, not this nope. Sunday. No. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, Monday, Walden has a board meeting for reps, and so John will be on. And I might be, too. I have to look and see if I've got a meeting. I don't think I do. Um, but we'll see. Walden, do you want to talk about anybody in particular? Oh, I know. Wait a minute. When are you doing Pat Boone? Uh, Saturday. Saturday night. Okay. So let's mention that. We talked to Pat Boone, John, uh, Walden and I and Patricia. Mostly Walden and Patricia. Because um, really no, I mean, Pat didn't need any of us. <laughs> he could have just said, "Fill in the hellos and goodbyes," because I mean, man, that guy can talk. <laughs> and we went for almost an hour and almost two hours, right? Just yeah. about. 
Yeah. It was incredible. He was great. He was so entertaining and so much fun. And so that'll be on after Patricia goes to bed. So that's 12 midnight or 9 Eastern or 9 Pacific, rather, on Saturday night. So that's when we'll do it. Maybe maybe it would be a nice if we can release it at the link for people or something. Or yeah, we download. can do that. Yeah. We can do that. Sure. Uh, Michael Hinson will be with you guys on Monday, talk about the Oscars. He, he wanted to do a show on the Academy Awards. Okay. We just did one on Glenn Miller yeah. last night. It was lots of fun. And lots he fun. did it. He, he actually recorded it and did it as a documentary at KUCI in 1975. And it was well done. Well done. And then, uh, what's it, Tuesday? It's an interesting guest. We got, we're going to have Joey... Uh, I mean, Stucky, he is a Grammy award-winning jazz guitar player and rock and roll guitar player who got his start because he loved old-time radio. Because that guy interested in sound and that he formed his own record label just because of his love for sound. Because hmm. he started became a big fan of old-time radio, so he he's a Gram, Grammy award winner. So he'll be with us Tuesday. Cool. Uh, Wednesday is Ted Davenport and Corey Harker will be with us to talk about what coming what coming out in the hobby. They are prolific collectors. There are several of us who are, but they both have buying groups, um, and they um, they do rather well. Not I don't know necessarily not necessarily not necessarily with the buying groups. Easy for me to say. But but they do pretty well in terms of knowing pretty much what's out there in the hobby, and what people can see uh, later on. Uh, and and so they've been around a long time, especially Ted. Ted's been around since gosh seventies. So we'll talk about the hobby and collecting, and should have a good time. Looking ahead, uh, next Saturday, the Saturday after Saturday at the Spurvac meeting. Mimi Gibson will be with us live. She did Lux, and she was a little kid on the Bob Crosby radio show, so that would be Saturday the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, just other things we highlight. We're going to talk about the playwright Thornton Wilder was a, a professor who knows about his work. Of course, he wrote Our Town, for example. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to dig into that. Uh, Nicholas Inman, who's been with us several times, will be with us on the 18th. On the, t- the 20th, it could be an interesting day for us. We're going to pre-record Larry and I. Siri, the voice of Siri, I've tracked her down. Is this uh, the old Siri or the one who is currently Siri? It's the old Siri. Okay. And we're going to talk about how she got into voiceover work, but we're going to talk to Siri and we're going to pre-record that. That'll be on the 20th. And then our friend Lona Bailey will be there that night on the 20th. Lona Bailey. Lona Bailey. She's the one that we, we've we talked. I've talked to her three or four times. And I think, Wallen, you've had her on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book on Virginia Gregg, which is out now and doing pretty good. She just finished one on Betty Lou Gerson. And that one is, I don't think it's out yet. Right? No, just got released. Yeah, oh, it just did. Out. Okay, okay. Yeah. And she's writing a book, and this is the one I'm really excited about. Not that I wasn't excited about the other two, but she's going to write a book on Kathy Lewis, who I wish we could have met, but she had cancer and passed away in, I think, 1968. 
Yeah. H, yeah, in the late 60s. And married to Elliot Lewis. And a uh, neat lady. Everybody loved Kathy Lewis, from what we understand, based on the people whom we knew who talked about her. Uh, we'll have a simulcast on the 21st, the first day of spring in March. The reps meeting on the 22nd will be on gun smoke. So John Roy will do a special presentation that night on gun smoke. And trivia, it'll be a recreation. So uh, they're going to so do the script that's, that is called Bloody Hands. We've played it here and we've played it on the air many times. And um, it is from 55, 1955. So if you have it in your collections, you can go find it if you want to. Good show. Two, two more things on the 25th, which is Saturday, Saturday night, Craig Seaman will be with us to talk about Jim Henson. He did a really nice presentation on the connection of the Muffets and Jack Benny. Uh, I know how much Patricia loved Kermit the Frog and Miss mm -hmm. Piggy and all that, so we'll talk to him about that. And then April 1st, while John Lurie's away, Keith Scott will be with us, so it's always fun to have Keith on the show. So those are stuff to look for. A little to. further, on April 15th, when we do our marathon here, and we're on at, I think, 1 o'clock in the afternoon in the Pacific Coast. Right. Who will our guests be? Will be requests? We're going to have two of the four grandkids of Jack Benny with us. Bobby and Joanna will be with us. And these are the two of the youngest ones. And Bobby is a major collector of her, his grandfather's stuff. So he's constantly buying stuff on eBay. And so we'll talk about their memories of their grandfather and probably what Interesting treasures uh, Bobby have found on eBay regarding we'll, his grandfather. We'll play at least one Jack Benny show. Maybe two, depending are. on how long we go. Yeah. 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 So That's going to be fun. Up. And then at the Metro Washington Old Time Radio Club the day before, uh, John Wilder will be their special guest. I'm oh. going to interview John on, uh, on April the 14th. But, you know, we'll save more stuff for later. Yeah, I need to, one if I find some time, I need to go on the, on YouTube and grab all of their meetings because they've had lots of people, especially because of Zoom, when they've invited people through Zoom to do their meetings. And lots of, of, of good people have been, uh, and you, some of you have been there at their meetings. Mm -hmm. but it'd be cool to grab some of those meetings, so we'll see. One of the things that we haven't done yet, but we're looking forward to is based on this uh, what we did last night with Michael Hingson and, and Glenn Miller, there is a Chuck Cecil. Is it twelve parts? Yeah, it's twelve. I've been sitting listening part to series. it the afternoon. Yeah. Did you download it already? No, just been listening to it. I figured. Oh, oh Glenn I'm Miller. Gonna, if I I can, there's a button said to download, but if you're a YouTube Premium, but no, John got a way to get around that. Yeah, he. I think he does. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping I've got some Glenn Miller from the BBC too, that I need to find and and liberally spread around. But this is a really wonderful doc that Chuck talked to all the uh, people who were involved with yep. Glenn and played excerpts. And for example, I was listening today that Glenn Miller failed music at a, as his major in college. No, he did. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. They talked yeah. to some of his schoolmates. At Colorado University, and he he failed music. That's that's actually funny. <laughs> Chuck Cecil is the kind of guy. He's kind of like Chuck, like Chuck Shaden, yeah. 
in the radio perspective, because Chuck started and so did Dick Bertel in like 1970. So they got to people we didn't get to. Well, Chuck Cecil was at KFI in the 50s. And all those people from the big bands were still alive. He got tons of interviews, played them on his shows for centuries. You know, he kept playing them over and over again every few years, syndicated them so other stations heard them. He got some people who who were there, who lived the big bands. So I'm really looking forward to hearing the Glenn Miller piece. I've not heard it yet. There's only one member left who's still alive, Ray Anthony, who's over 100 now. It's the last surviving member of the band. Wow. Okay, that's junk. <laughs> uh, so cool. Is that is that it anymore, Walden? Or that, that's probably we'll, enough. We'll, huh? we'll save everything else for later. There's lots of stuff breaking in April yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. It's 14 minutes after the hour, so we've got about 15 minutes till Kelly Superja. And I haven't thought of anything exciting to talk about from a radio perspective. Um, so we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, Bob likes it when we talk about radio because it's less for him to edit. <laughs> so it, it all just depends on how charitable you want to be towards Bob. Well, I have a question. Okay. Um, we are losing so many people in the music and radio field of our younger days and whatnot. And as far as I know, Wink Martindale is still around, but you haven't said anything about him in recent times. He moved to Palm Springs and he is working every day in a radio station, uh, five days a week based in Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, what he was known for at KNPC, the uh, the three-hour interview yeah. show. He runs that on on the show. Th- but it's syndicated. Three- it's cut down a little bit. Yeah, but it's uh, but that's what he said. He's working. He's, uh, he's 88, 89, something like that. Yeah, and still working still every day. Sounds the same yeah. as does Pat Boone. By the way, where do you hear Pat Boone? Yeah, same oh, thing. I know about Pat now. Boone because. I have him on XM radio. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, he sounds the same as he did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. What what kind of stuff does he do on XM radio? I didn't even know we had a show still. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what channel it is. I can't remember. Yeah, he, he has a, uh, every Sunday. Right now it's 50 gold, gold 72. Yep. What is it? It's what? 50 gold 72. So what's the channel? It's 50 gold 72. So it's on channel 72. 72. That's what I was getting at. So yeah, it's, it used to, to be channel 5 because 50s used to be on channel 5. Oh, right. And, yeah. and then they changed it. I don't know what the heck their problem is, but XM changed everything. Yeah. Wow. So is there a lot of other stuff on that channel besides him, or do they just keep recycling the ch- the shows? Oh, no, there's other things there, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't- what, I, what's, what I thought was, what cracked, cracked me up back in the 
early 90s and when he was trying his hand at uh, heavy metal and he did like yes smoke on the water and and all kinds of weird stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's like dude i think you're long past but no i guess not he made money off of it and Mm -hmm. yeah he did he talked he about, he said, about he, that. He was, right, he was right over the call. He would t- he he brought it up in our interview. He, yeah. he just, <laughs> but you know, so he's but a uh, smart dude. I'll tell he's you. a very smart dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but he was telling us actually his IQ is one seventy. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. He's no dummy. No, he's not. Uh-uh. I'll uh when after we get done with that interview, Sam, I'll um find it because I edited it slightly, not much, because um, he dropped off a couple of times. Yeah. And so we edited that part out. But, I mean, in terms of content, there's nothing edited. But I'll find it, and I'll put it up on uh, on the radio list. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'd be great, John. I mean, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> this is Ray. Hey, Ray. Uh, I, have two, I have two questions. Um, what was the date again about Gunsmoke, the reenactment and everything on Gunsmoke? March 22nd. April, March, March, March. Where the heck are we? March 22nd, Wednesday. Yeah, 20 days. It okay. Was 7 o'clock on the Pacific Coast. Wonderful. And my second question is um, how is uh, additional channels for the orange and the chartreuse, as Larry says, and all the other additional <laughs> colors coming along? Well, Reps and Spurvac should be released next week. So, um, so that's the, the the game plan for get those two out. Then after that, it'll be orange. Orange. We want we want to get spurred back in or, and, and reps up because they belong to the clubs, and right. that means we can do They're more paying the things. Bills. Yeah. They're paying the bills. Orange is ours, and it's it, it can get up when Corey has time to put it up, which will be a little later. But we'll get now, it up. What is orange? going to it's going to be all old time radio it'd be listener choices of what the listeners will request so that's oh, all so be... you there'll be a like a, a a website you can go to and put in your your choice your actually, request? actually there is software now and this is actually done on the music you can request things uh requesting and it will play it on on the station mm-hmm. in the queue the music and the orange will be having the same feature actually. So, um, so so it's an interesting setup. I don't know how the software figures everything out. It must be a, a database driven yeah, thing. I think but, that's true. Will you yeah. put out a on the on the radio list? Will you put out uh, instructions or yeah. something? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be oh, great. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus we'll be also going on to YouTube and Facebook. So we're, wow! We're, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that so, should be fascinating because we'll we've got guests on all the time. Mm-hmm. So who knows who might find us on right. Facebook, for instance, or YouTube, and 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 either call in and or just say, "Hey, I I knew so and so," or I whatever. Yeah. The, the The chances of that happening are much greater when you got something the size of Facebook and YouTube. Oh, yeah. definitely. Plus, we'll be having our own TV channel on the website too, down the road. So that's it's you all know. OTV. Oh, you guys are going to oh, have to wow. you're going to have to sharpen up and put on your makeup. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting no. on makeup for my. <laughs> well, guys, those actors do it. So. <laughs> I don't know that we'll actually ever be ever be on. We can, but it's mostly going to be audio. 
Yeah, right? it mostly would be video. Is it, uh, or video, audio, audio. yeah. So we but could anyway, do it live, some of it, know, yeah. But, um, and a, a lot of mainstream channel kind of work. So there's some other stuff popping. People are very supportive of what we're trying to do. So, uh, you know, I think we'll get a lot of a lot of requests for the schedule. So hopefully one time the bugs are worked out. I think you know, there's the a pretty good chance if this keeps going, I'm not doing it. I'm not saying I'm doing it. But I could make, I, I could probably spend more hours doing this than with AB, ACB. Oh, that's really good. Mm -hmm. I yeah. could, well, I that's why John's retired. He doesn't know that he can be a full-time job. Probably, yeah, exactly. Right? And and he's going to get paid a lot less than I get paid <laughs> by ACB. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thanks for all your research, guys. And just keep up the great work as everyone behind the scenes. Oh, yes, absolutely. This is generally so much fun, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. We plan stuff and then stuff changes. Mm -hmm. or maybe we get a guest whom we didn't mm -hmm. even know existed. And then we learn more. You know, the, the, the days of thinking, well, the hobby is going to dry up pretty soon are gone. My, my, my gosh, I didn't realize this until this Monday. I played a luxury theater from 1953, October 5. All three stars are still living from that broadcast that they, they, they promoted Robert Wagner, Terry Moore. And Joan Evans, and I think, boy, how many, how many, how many shows, shows can you say that about? How yeah. many shows can you say that about that seventy years that all three main stars are still with us? From I the mean, fifty-three—that's seventy years ago. Right. That's almost as old right. as I'm going to be. That, right. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad these people are still here. You yeah. know, that yeah. Is yeah. Just, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I am. I'm busy looking for credits all the time. That's yeah. that's what I, when when you show a dead air in the station, sometimes I'm off looking stuff on the internet trying you're to track actually, down. You're yes. actually asleep, Walden. Come on, you're <laughs> and asleep. Walden. I'm usually the one to call in, right? Walden, that's true. The air. That's true, right? You're good. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's Walden. Sometimes it's me, and I'll say, Walden, you're off are you awake? <laughs> And I'll have the mic up so they can hear me call them. Because <laughs> I want them to hear Walden going. <clears throat> so. uh, well, I have fun waking you up at one and two in the morning. He so does. Every night, somebody has to send the station back to automation. So it's either John or me, depending on who's streaming. And I don't hear the phone when he has to get it. And he doesn't hear the phone. Rarely he doesn't. If it's my turn. But. I'm blessed to be able to answer the phone, say, okay, and and I'll flip it back to automation, turn the computers off, and within 30 seconds of me hitting the pillow again, I'm asleep. Wow. I would not be excited wow. if I were to sit, lay there, and fight it for like an hour, but, but it doesn't happen. So when you read, Larry, how many pages do you read in a book? I mean, you might, you might read said, about a half I, page. I set the clock for 15 minutes and generally within the next, within the first two to three minutes, I'm done. I'm gone. You're a lucky, wow. you're a lucky man. I, lucky. I, lucky. I never yeah. fall asleep that quick. Whoa. That really is, yeah. I, I never fell asleep when Melinda and I were married. It took a lot longer to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now, you know, I'm, I wake up so early and I'm busy doing so many things. 
after about 9.30, usually close to 9.30, 10 o'clock, I hit a wall and I'm done. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm about the same as I was when when Rob was here. You know, I I, I would, he, he, I'd be reading a book and he'd, he'd nod out. He was kind of like you. He could fall asleep within five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but then he'd wake up maybe 15, 20 minutes later. What's happening with the book? So oh. I had to oh. what's going on. Then he'd go back to sleep and I'd keep reading and it might or might not happen again, but yep. I've always been that way. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm back. Five oh, minutes good, to Joni. I, I hope you got Joni. some water and whatever you needed to help with your cough there, hon. Oh, that's like, hasn't been feeling too well today. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how many people have disability. My dad had the ability, and he's always had it since he was, we were a little kid. He could, he could be sound asleep, snoring away. We could ask him a question. Two snores later, he would answer it correctly. And, wow. and then would he stay awake or would he go back to snoring? No, get back to sleep. He'd go back to sleep and snore? Oh, yeah. did, did he even wake up, though, uh, Walden? Or? No, he would, just, we would ask a question and give it the answer and just keep snoring away. My mom can do wow. that to some degree, too. I don't know how. <clears throat> Obviously, he's not in a deep, deep sleep. No, no, right. no. You know, no, no. He's but just still. he's asleep, but he's awake enough, sort of, right? To be able to hear what you say and 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 catalog it in his brain, right? Give you an answer, right? Well, my dad had narcolepsy, mm. and he could, you know, we could be all, you know, right in the middle of a conversation, and he'd just, you know, not out. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened a couple times later in his life when he was driving. Luckily, nothing oh, happened. Wow. But th- wow. there was a time that he uh, almost hit a pole, you know. Oh, he wow. Sleep and it was like, wow. uh, I'm glad I wasn't. I think he was by himself. Well, I don't remember if my mom was with him or not, but that got kind of scary. And mm-hmm. eventually uh, he gave up driving. But narcolepsy is not fun. Now, my, oh. my mom, when she was a little girl, was walk in her sleep. And the her mom would say, go to bed, go to bed. And she would go to bed and never know that she was sleepwalking. So I guess you wow. I guess you can respond. Our youngest asleep. daughter. What, John? Our youngest daughter would get up at night and come out and sit with her mother and I, sit there for a few minutes, and we'd say, Karen, go back to bed. She'd go back to bed and never knew she had been up. Wow. Oh. Yes. Well, then you hear about people who, you know, are taking various weird, uh, I can't remember, but there are drugs and people are on sometimes. They get up and and fix something to eat and and walk around and whatever. It was Ambien, wasn't it? Ambien, yes, it was. Yep, thank you, Joni. But they can't remember, you know, the next day doing all this stuff. Right. Amazing. There was a a class action lawsuit uh, by a bunch of women who gained a lot of weight because they were sleep eating on Ambien. Hmm. Yep. I think we could probably devise a theme to play on the air, it would, have, it would take some time uh, about sleeping. We could do the whole town is sleeping. We could do a sleeping draft. Um, sleep no more. 
Mm-hmm. Sleep no more. <laughs> There's a few more like that. Anything with the word sleep in it. I think it'd or be dr- kind of fun. Or dream. Or, or sleep people oh, who are dreaming. Sure. We could use dreams fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, a much radio theater. So you have so you'd have to include uh, nightfall, right? Mm-hmm. Because in yes. in the dream. Yeah. Falling. And you'd also get some Shakespeare, perchance to dream. Perchance to dream. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi guys. I mean, Hey, Mike, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff is, all we have to do is do a search of the collection. Maybe we ought to try that because, and the goal would be for none of the three of us to actually fall asleep during that show. (laughs) 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 So we'll see. That's actually an idea I just had. So I haven't done anything about it, but I think it'd be fun. And with that, I think uh, Brad, are you playing or is- I'm playing? Well, I'm playing. I didn't know, Michael. Uh, you just showed up, so yeah, I didn't I'm know playing. if you were going to so show up. Or okay, not. so it's yeah. Kelly Persergia, Sepergia, uh, and so this should be fun. He's probably going to play a Nightfall. He does that a lot. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So, so go ahead and we will. Uh, Hi, Brad. We, we will stop and we'll come back in about an hour. <coughs> Anytime, Michael. Okay. Well, no, I'm I'm ready. I just I'm just waiting for Brad to mute people. Or, you know, oh, okay. Somebody. Fine. Okay. Here goes. Greetings and welcome to the Fred Bertelson Old Time Radio Room. I'm Kelly Sepergia, and for the next hour or so, I invite you to sit back and relax along with me as we listen to some of my favorite old-time radio shows. This time we've got an episode of Suspense from 1951, and from 1941 we're going to start with an episode of a show that is known for its noisy intro sequence. Yes, it didn't use music, just sound effects. I'm talking, of course, about Gangbusters, a show that ran from 1935 through 1957 on various networks. So hang on to whatever you have handy as we investigate The Missing Corpse from April 4th, 1941. Sloan's Liniment, your faithful friend when muscles ache in pain, presents Gangbusters. Gangbusters, brought to you, the men and women of America, by the makers of Sloan's Liniment. With the cooperation of leading law enforcement officials of the United States, Gangbusters presents facts in the relentless war of the police on the underworld. Authentic case histories that show the never-ending activity of the police in their work of protecting our citizens. America's crusade against crime. You too can help in our crusade. Here's a last-minute police bulletin. Nationwide alarm. Attention all citizens. Watch for Clifford Davidson, 32, 5 feet 7 inches, 208 pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. This man, veteran criminal and escape artist, broke from jail. We woke Oklahoma last week, where he is awaiting trial for murder, allegedly committed following a previous escape from prison. Caution, this man is dangerous. Gangbusters urges you to be on the alert for this criminal. 
We will have more clues for you at the end of our program. In a moment, we'll be ready for our proxy interview between Colonel H. Norman Schwarzkopf and prosecuting attorney Stanley Wallach of St. Louis County, Missouri, who will discuss the strange case of the missing corpse in which a dead man convicted his murderer. But first, April showers, they say, bring May flowers. But they also bring the muscular aches and pains that often go with damp and windy weather. Yet there's no need for any member of your family to suffer the discomfort of a stiff neck or sore back just so long as you have that handy bottle of dependable Sloan's liniment on your medicine shelf. Here's Sloan's 1-2 heat treatment that has brought such quick and comforting relief to millions. One, pat on some Sloan's liniment. Two, relax for a few minutes. Then, like a heat treatment, Sloan's glowing warmth goes to work on that tight and painful spot. In almost no time at all, Sloan's will help soothe your pain away. You'll find Sloan's quick action is a welcome friend, whatever the cause of your muscular distress. Accident, overexertion, or exposure to raw and biting weather. Ask your druggist for Sloan's liniment if you need a fresh supply after the last few wintry months. Sloan's costs so little, and you're so grateful for its soothing help when you want relief in a hurry. Now for our proxy interview between Colonel Schwarzkopf and prosecuting attorney Stanley Wallach of St. Louis County, Missouri. Picture our setting as a special office turned over to gangbusters by Commissioner Louis J. Valentine of the New York City Police. Colonel Schwarzkopf. The case of the missing corpse. Prosecutor Wallach, that sounds almost like fiction. Tonight's case may appear fantastic, Colonel Schwarzkopf, but it is a matter of public record. This case concerns Elmer Dowling and Izzy Londy, two crafty criminals whose viciousness has seldom been matched by any criminals anywhere. We begin in St. Louis one late afternoon in February 1938 in the hideout apartment maintained by Elmer Dowling. Drink up, Londy. Thanks, darling. I asked you up here to explain what I got in mind for you. What do you mean? I'm considering you as trigger man for my outfit. Trigger man, huh? Yeah. Next thing I consider is what's your experience? I got plenty. I got it all right here on my desk. Here on this case history card. Izzy Londy, known as Monkey Ears. Robberies and other jobs, market prison 10 to 20 years. Shot way out of jail, handy with guns. How'd you find out all that, darling? That's my business, to find things out. And to get things done. Why should I join your mob, eh? Listen, Landy. When I want a man of my mob, he joins. But I've been away for 13 years. I've been out of things. I'll teach you the ropes. Then you'll be a big asset to my protective organization. Protective organization? Yeah. For businessmen and storekeepers. They pay us so much dough per week for protection. <laughs> protection from our own gang. <laughs> but suppose the storekeepers squawk to the cops. They know better than that. It's cheaper to pay up and shut up. And to stop a bullet. Or get crippled for life. Yeah. Sounds okay to me, darling. Lundy, before we're through, we'll have every store in the city in our protective organization. They're going to pay us. And they're going to pay plenty. Good morning, mister. You remember me? What are you men back here again for? Hey, listen, mister. This is your last chance. Are you joining our protective organization or ain't you? No, I'm not. Okay, boys. Dump that paint all over the place. Give them the works. Right, pal. Okay. No, stop it. Don't, please. Oh. 
Uh, we're going to teach you a lesson, mister. And if you ever blab to the cops, you'll never see your wife or kids again. Go to it, boys. Don't answer that phone, buddy. My business comes first. You got the money for the organization? I tell you, I can't pay you. I'm not taking enough money in my store. You're trying to welch on the organization, huh? Well, I'll show you. What are you going to do? You know what's in this can? Oh. Acid. Oh, don't. It's all yours, mister. Right in your uh, face. Oh, my! That's the dry-cleaning store on the corner, Red. The one Dowling wants us to take care of. I got the dynamite already, Londy. All right, drive by the store, and I'll light the fuse and heave it. Hey, Londy, there's a guy down the block. Don't worry about the guy down the block. I'll light the fuse. There! Step on it, Red. in dry cleaning store at Franklin and Jefferson Avenues at 10 p.m. Investigate immediately. Repeating, explosion in dry cleaning store, Franklin and Jefferson Avenues. An hour later, Colonel, at headquarters. We got that report, Moore? Yes, Captain. The emergency squad say dynamite was used to blow up that dry cleaning store. Moore, we can be pretty certain who's back of this outbreak of violence. Racketeers extorting money from businessmen. It's an ugly situation, Captain. We can't get witnesses to testify against these crooks. Yes, crooks like Elmer Dowling. Now we've got another bombing on our hands. And still no witness. I'm assigning additional squads of plainclothesmen to cover various business places and stores and... Yes? Captain, there's a man out here by the name of Louis Lee Baker. He wants to see you. What about? He says it's about the bombing of that dry cleaning store tonight. The bombing? Send him right in. Yes, Captain. Right away, sir. Moore, open the door, please. Yes, sir. Right in, sir. The captain will see you. Thank you. How do, Captain? My name's Baker. Glad to see you, Mr. Baker. Have a chair. Thank you. You say you know something about this bombing tonight? Well, uh, I don't know if this means anything, Captain, but uh, I thought I ought to report it anyway. Report what, sir? Well, at uh, 10 o'clock, I was walking along Franklin Avenue. Yes. And just as I was about to cross the street, a car came racing down the avenue. What happened? Well, there was an explosion. I... I didn't know then it was a bomb. Later, I got thinking about it, and the bomb and the speeding car. Uh, what kind of a car was it? A Chrysler sedan. I didn't see the license number, but I did get a good look at one of the men in the car. Oh, is that so? Uh, he was uh, sort of pasty looking. Had very black eyebrows and big lips. Anything else? Well, the one thing I noticed most of all were his ears. His ears? Yes, sir. They stuck way out. What's that? Well, uh, I never saw a man whose ears stuck out so much, sir. Was he stockly built? Mm, well, uh, yeah, yes, he was. This means something to you, Moore? I'm not sure yet, Captain. But I used to know a criminal who fitted that general description to a T. Monkey ears, they called him. If it's the same man, he's a gunman of the worst type. All right. We'll have Mr. Baker go through the identification files. If he can pick out the picture of the same criminal you have in mind... We'll have our first positive identification to help smash this gang. And the picture that Lewis Lee Baker identified, Colonel, was the picture of monkey ears. Izzy Londy. The authorities moved fast and arrested him in a few hours. Who good police work, Prosecutor Wallach. Indicted for this bombing, 
Londi posted bail and was released by the courts pending trial. He immediately phoned Dowling. Yeah, Dowling, that's why I'm calling you. That Baker guy's identified me for the bombing of that dry cleaning store. I'll go to jail, I would. Hold it, Londi. Where are you calling from? From a drugstore. I'm afraid to come near you. The cops are on my trail. Yeah, I thought so. Now, let me think. This is serious, Dowling. You've got to help me. Yeah, I know how serious it is. Once the cops throw you in jail, they'll probably get more information that'll lead to me. You? I'm the guy that's in a jam. I don't think of the spot I'm in. Hey, wait a minute. What did you say is the name of the guy who saw the bombing? Baker. Lewis Lee Baker. Baker, eh? Is he the only witness the cops got? Yeah. You sure of that? Positive. Good. What do you mean, good? If something should happen to this witness, the cops wouldn't have no case, would they? That's right, Dowling. Well, something is going to happen to him. We're going to find this guy, Baker. And when we do, he won't be a witness. He'll be a corpse. Meanwhile, Colonel, at headquarters, the captain was talking with Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker, your identification of Izzy Landy as the cleaning store bomber is the first good break we've had in our campaign to rid this city of racketeers. I'm glad I'm able to help, Captain. You'll realize, Mr. Baker, that your life is in constant danger. Yes, sir. That gang will stop at nothing, absolutely nothing, to prevent you from testifying at Londy's trial. So we're going to hide you on a little farm near Sykeston, Missouri. You know where that is? Uh, yes, sir, about 150 miles south of here. Yes. Under no circumstances are you to leave the farm unless accompanied by our men. I understand, Captain. When we want you, our men will show their credentials and will tell you the captain wants to see you. Now remember that phrase. The captain wants to see you. Yes, sir. The captain wants to see you. Mr. Baker was taken to this farm, Colonel, and given ample police protection. Then a startling event occurred. Prosecutor Wallach, we're anxious to hear this startling occurrence, but right now, here's Charles Stark with a few words. Mowing the lawn for the first time after the long winter months is always a chore. The ground is uneven, the grass is tough, and you yourself are probably more than a bit tired and sore when you've finished. That's when you need Sloan's 1-2 heat treatment to bring you quick and comforting relief from muscular aches and pains. Here's all you have to do. One, take your bottle of reliable Sloan's from your medicine shelf and pat on some of this quick-acting liniment. Two, relax. And then, like a heat treatment, Sloan's helps ease those stiff and aching muscles. You can actually feel that penetrating, glowing warmth easing away your pain. Sloan's liniment has helped millions in just this quick and easy way during the past 50 years. And Sloan's will probably do you the same good turn. You'll find Sloan's liniment a true family friend in need. Welcome to the members of your family all through the year. For whatever the cause of your muscular distress, accident, overexertion, or exposure to chilling drafts, you'll find that Sloan's will help you forget your aches and pains in almost no time at all. So make sure you always have a bottle of Sloan's on your medicine shelf. Ask your druggist tomorrow for Sloan's liniment. Now back to Colonel Schwarzkopf. Prosecutor Wallach, with Mr. Baker hidden out on a farm near Sykeston, Missouri, and with Elmer Dowling threatening to kill Baker to prevent his testifying at Izzy Londy's trial, you said a startling event occurred. Baker stayed close to the farm, Colonel Schwarzkopf, awaiting word that the captain wanted to see him. Then, one week later, Baker was standing at the farm entrance when two men drove up and got out of their car. 
Oh, Baker. Mr. Baker. Uh, yes, sir. You gentlemen want to see me? Uh, yes, Mr. Baker. We're detectives from headquarters. Detectives? See our badges? The captain sent us out. He wants to see you right away about that uh, bombing. The captain wants to see me. Uh, if you'll just get in the car. But uh, I'd like to leave word with the men at the farmhouse where I'm no, going. We haven't so got that... time for that. This is urgent, Mr. Baker. We don't want to keep the captain waiting. Well, you know best, sir. Sit right here in the front seat. Uh, thank you. Right between the two of us. You don't know what the captain wants to see me about, do you? I'm not sure, but I think it has something to do with murder. Gentlemen, we've been driving for an hour. It's getting dark. We're going in the wrong direction. This isn't the way to town. Baker. Yes, sir? We're not going to town. What? The captain's going to meet us at a house just up the side road. Oh. Why didn't you tell me about this before, sir? We got our orders. There's the place now. Well, that house looks deserted. There's no lights. Don't worry about that, Baker. Where's the captain's car if he's going to meet us out here? I guess we're a little early. How about it, pal? I guess we are. Well, let's go in the house anyway. Yeah, sure. Come on, Baker. I, I'd rather wait here in the car. No, Baker. We're going inside. Come on, Baker. Orders are orders. All right. Uh, I'll do what you men say. Quiet around here. Ain't it, Baker? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Let me take your arm, Baker. Take my arm? Yeah, it's so dark you might stumble. You're... Are you sure the captain will be here? Step inside, Baker. It's so dark in here, I can't see. Turn on your flashlight, pal. Sure. Go on inside, Baker. Hey. There's no one in this house. It's, it's empty deserted. That's right, Baker. That's why we brought you here. What do you mean? Just this. That did it for him, all right, Tommy. Wait. I want to make sure. Now we got nothing to worry about, Red. Two bullets right through his head. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Darling, you think anybody could have heard those shots? Nah. No one lives within miles of this place. Let's get in the car and scram. Hey, Red. Wait a minute. What's the matter? We ought to get rid of that body. Not me. I ain't going back to touch no corpse. Red, unless you want the same thing Baker got, you better come with me. Okay, darling. But I don't like it. Yes. It's quiet around here, ain't it? And dark. Good spot for a job like this. Flash your light. Darling, look. Say, what the... The corpse, the body, it's gone. But it can't be. It was right here on the floor a minute ago. Flash your light around. The room is empty. But he was dead. I killed him. Two bullets right through his head. Then where is he? A dead man can't get up and walk away. I'm getting out of here. Uh, me too. Uh Prosecutor Wallach, 
Do you mean to say the corpse, the victim's body, was actually gone? Yes, Colonel. By a strange miracle of fate, Lewis Lee Baker had not been killed. Though suffering intense agony, he had managed to crawl out the back door of the deserted house and hide. He saw the two gunmen return and then run off in terror when they found that his supposedly dead body had vanished. So that's why the corpse was missing. What did Mr. Baker do? He dragged himself to the side of the road where some passing workmen found him and rushed him to a hospital. Well, later that night at the hospital, Baker talked with police officers. That's the whole story, Captain. They shot me twice in my head. But I guess I'm too tough to kill. I don't feel I ought to question you any further, Mr. Baker. You need rest and I, I want to tell you all I know. All right, Moore, take this down. Yes, Captain. The man who shot me was a big fella, six feet, about 200 pounds. Yes. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Now, take it easy, Mr. Baker. I had a broken nose, no chin. No chin. Big fellow, blonde, blue eyes, broken nose, receding chin. Why, Captain, that description fits the man we arrested on suspicion but couldn't hold. Yes, Elmer Dowling. Captain, you know the man? The man who tried to kill me? Yes, Mr. Baker, and we're going to get him. When you do, I'll be in court to testify. Yes, sure. All right, now relax and get some sleep. Yes, sir. You'll need every bit of strength you've got. Yes, Captain. Come on, boy. We've got work to do. That fellow Baker has more courage than a dozen men, Captain. He certainly has more. Two things I can't understand. How Dowling found Baker at the farm, and why should Dowling want to kill him? Uh, seems you can't hide anything from that gang. They probably followed every move Baker made. But I know why Dowling wanted to kill him. Baker's our only witness against Izzy Londy. If Baker had been killed, Londy would have gone free. Then you think Londy and Dowling are part of the same mob, eh? It points that way. Yes, it does. Moore, I want you to grab Izzy Londy and throw him back in jail immediately. This time, he's going to stay in jail till he goes on trial. Right, Captain. Meanwhile, I'll get to work on Dowling. We're going to put the heat on every member of that gang until we get Dowling or they turn him over to us. Within five hours, Colonel, the police had again arrested Izzy Londy, and the search for Dowling was on. Warnings was flashed from coast to coast. Attention, all field agents, Federal Bureau investigation. Attempt to locate and hold for questioning Elmer Dowling in connection with attempted murder. Dowling is six feet tall. Urgent. Police of Eastern Seaboard. Arrest on site Elmer Dowling, fugitive. Dowling weighs 200 pounds. Special notice, West Coast Police. Elmer Dowling reported in California, wanted for attempted murder. Dowling has blonde hair, blue eyes. Attention, all Missouri police. Be on watch for Elmer Dowling, fugitive gangster, now at large. Dowling, believed to have returned to St. Louis, may be hiding out somewhere in city. Dowling. Dowling. That's you, Red. Yeah. Open up. Why'd you come here? Look at this newspaper. It's about Izzy Londy. Londy? He was sentenced for that bombing today. Got 25 years. 25 years? The guy who sent him to jail was that fellow you tried to kill, Baker. He testified in court against Londy. That was the mistake of my life. Not making sure that guy Baker was dead. Now look what he's done. Has me hounded like a rat. The cops sure are after you, darling. I can't stand much more of this. Cooped up in four walls, afraid to show my nose outside. Afraid every noise I hear on the stairs is the cops... 
I'm going nuts. I can't sleep no more. I lie on the bed, hour after hour, just listening and waiting. That's all you can do, darling. If you show up on the streets, the cops will grab you inside of ten minutes. Oh, where's the rest of the gang? Why don't they do something for They're me? They're hiding out from the cops, same as you. Well, where's Jaime? You ought to be able to find Jaime. Yeah, he must be with the others. Well, the yellow rats. Just when I need them, they run out of me. If I ever get my hands on them, I'll... Hold it, Red. Don't open that door. Now, wait till I get my gun. That ain't the door, it's the phone. What? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, darling. Uh, who's this? Me, Jaime. Oh, Jaime. Well, where have you been? You got no idea how glad I am to hear you. Now, listen, Jaime. I'm on a spot, see? I need dough to beat town. Tell me where Red can meet you so you can go and... Listen, you dumb cluck. Dumb cluck, why, I'll break you. Now, now, wait a minute. What's the matter? Plenty. Now, what do you mean? The cops got the gang smashed. Half the boys are in jail already. And the cops ain't gonna stop till they get you and every one of us. Yeah, well... So there's only one thing for you to do. For me to do? The boys say for you to give up to the cops tonight. What? Why, you're crazy. You've had your warning, darling. We'll be watching you. Yeah, now, wait, Jaime, wait, wait. So remember, darling, it's the cops or us. Hello. 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 What is it, darling? The gang. They're throwing me over. Put me on the spot. On the spot? Yeah. But how did they know where I was? No one knew where I was, but... What are you looking at me like that for? You. You were the only one who knew. You're in with him. No. Darling, put out that gun. Shut up. I'll hand over your money. Oh, sure. Sure, darling. Here. Here is every, every cent I got here. I ain't licked yet. I'll get out of this town. And I'll kill anybody that tries to stop sure me. Sure you would. Sure. Now, Red, it's your turn. Don't. Don't shoot. Please. Don't. I ain't shooting. I need these bullets for the cops. But here's please. what you're no, getting. No, no, no. Please. Hello, headquarters. Listen, copper. You want Elma Dowling. I know where you'll get him. Who is this? Never mind who it is. Oh, check this call. Listen right. to me. Go out to the waiting room of the Taylor Avenue car station, and you'll find Dowling if you get there fast enough. Hey. Maury, hung up. What was it, Captain? Another tip on Dowling. Get a special squad. We're going out to the Taylor Avenue car station. It may be a false alarm, but we're going to investigate at once. All right, Maul, pull up here. There's the car station. Right, Captain. We'll leave the car here so Dowling won't see it. Follow me, men. Yes, sir. Come on. Any special instructions, Captain? If Dowling is in this waiting room, we've got to be careful. He's sure to be armed, and I don't want any innocent person hurt. Yes, sir. We'll have our guns ready. I'll know Dowling the second I see him. Here's the waiting room. Careful now, men. A lot of people in there, Captain. See that big fellow sitting there hiding back at that newspaper? It's Dowling. Wonder if he sees us. He's getting up. Now hold it, men. He doesn't want any shooting. He's going out the back way. Good. You two men guard this front door. Yes, Captain. Moore, you and I will go around back. Come on, fast. Right, Captain. You ready to shoot any instant? Yes, sir. Hold it. There he goes. Back of that house. Moore, you wait here. I'll cut around this side and try to head him off. Up with your hands, come on. Dowling. Oh, I'll kill you if you don't do what I say. I'm using you as a shield. Start walking. 
All right. Shit, you Drop that gun, darling. Okay, let go of my arm. Hey, Drop that gun, I said. He's got down. Come on, Ed. Come on, come on. Are you all right, Captain? Yes, Moore, I'm all right. But this rat isn't. Put the handcuffs on him. There's a man waiting at headquarters to see you, darling. What man? A man you tried to murder. A missing corpse. Alma Darling was positively identified by Lewis Lee Baker, Colonel, and went on trial for the attempted murder of Mr. Baker on March 4, 1940. He was convicted and was sentenced to 30 years in the state penitentiary at Jefferson, Missouri. This has been a most interesting case, Prosecutor Wallach, and I want to congratulate you on your successful prosecution of Dowling. One of the most impressive features of this case is the fine courage displayed by Mr. Baker who refused to be intimidated in his efforts to help the police smash this mob. In these days of national stress, America needs citizens who support the law enforcement authorities and who are not afraid to face the gangsters and reveal them as real enemies whom this country must face. Thank you, Prosecutor Wallach, for helping us to prove again that crime does not pay. Now, before we broadcast our nationwide clues, a few words from Charles Stark. I should like to leave you with a reminder. Muscular aches and pains often arrive without warning or invitation. During the summer months to come, when we are all more active, take the wise precaution of always having a bottle of dependable Sloan's liniment on hand. You'll discover that Sloan's will help you get the quick and comforting relief you want. One, pat on some Sloan's liniment. That's all. Just pat it on. Two, relax. And soon you'll feel that welcome, gentle warmth as it penetrates right to your sore and stiff muscles, easing and soothing the pain. Ask for Sloan's liniment when next you visit your favorite druggist. And now, the clues. Attention, citizens Southwest. Look out for man wanted concerning murder. Negro, 33, 5 feet 7 inches, 135 pounds, black kinky hair, brown eyes, left eye punctured and may be completely out. Three razor slash scars, left arm at shoulder. May wear dark glasses to conceal defective eye. This man wanted connection murder near Muskogee, Oklahoma. Caution, citizens New England, New York, New Jersey. Watch for James Joseph Horan, 39, 5 feet 9 inches, 180 pounds, brown hair turning gray, brown eyes, tattoo initials JJH, right forearm, large ears, Eyes slightly crossed. This man, veteran robber who has been operating in New York and New Jersey, wanted by federal authorities for questioning concerning robbery of bank at Suffield, Connecticut. If you have any information concerning these clues, notify your local police, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or gangbusters at once. Tonight's broadcast is the last of the current season for Sloan's Liniment. But we have some glad news. Sloan's will again sponsor gangbusters in the fall. Until then, we wish to thank all of you who have sent us so many splendid letters. And we want to thank the police organizations of the country for cooperating with the producers of gangbusters in proving so conclusively that crime does not pay. And speaking for Sloan's, a very happy summer to you all until we meet again in the fall. America's crusade against crime.
space, calling the G-Men, calling all Americans to war on the underworld. This is the National Broadcasting Company. From April 4th, 1941, that was Gangbusters and the Missing Corpse here in the Fred Burleson Old Time Radio Room. I'm Kelly Sapergia. Next up, an episode from Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, Suspense. This one's titled The Case History of a Gambler from December 17th, 1951. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers bring you Mr. John Hodiak in a story taken from life. Tonight's presentation of Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents a dramatic report from the Roaring Twenties about a man whose way of life destroyed him. A factual document we call The Case History of a Gambler, starring Mr. John Hodiak. It's Oscar, the loquacious limousine. Why so down in the dumps, Oscar? My battery went dry and I can't get started. Well, you ought to have an Autolite Stay Full battery, the famous battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Only three times, Harlow? Right, my querulous car. The Autolite Stay Full has over three times the liquid reserve of batteries without Stay Full features. And it gives longer life, too, as proved by tests conducted according to accepted life cycle standards. So, friends... Visit your nearest Autolite battery dealer. He's equipped to service all makes of batteries, and if a replacement is needed, he has an Autolite stay full. To quickly learn his location, just call Western Union by number... And ask for me, Operator 25. I'll gladly tell you the location of your nearest Autolite battery dealer. And remember, from bumper to taillight, you're always right with Autolite. And now, with the case history of a gambler and the performance of Mr. John Hodiak... Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. It's not easy to walk when you're weighted down with a bullet in your body. But keep walking. Six blocks away, less than half a mile, is a hospital. Think. Think about something, anything, anything to get your mind off the pain. Think about the beginning. The beginning of this. When was it? A thousand years ago? A hundred? No. No, it's closer than that. Three years. Three years ago, in the kids' dressing room at the arena... It began with a fight. A prize fight. Look, Matt. When you called me and asked for 10000 I sent it over and didn't ask any questions. Then why start now? I think I got a right to know why you wanted the dough. I'll tell you when the fight's over. Fight? You mean you put my ten grand on a fighter? Yes. Give me back my dough. Now, wait a minute. Give it back. But you don't know I don't want to know. I want my money. Relax for a couple of minutes, Frank. 
Don't get cute with me, Angle Boy. Tell me the score or give me $10,000 now. You won't wait, huh? Now! You should know me better than to think I'm going to throw away your ten grand. I thought I did. I've been booking bets long enough to know that you can't beat the fights. Well, then why... But I know you can beat one fight. How do you figure? Because the boy I bet on is my fighter. I planned this match a year ago, and when I win, I'm through with prize fighting. There's got to be an angle. There is. I bought a fighter last year, a kid. So? I saw this boy in some amateur bouts, and I bought him and trained him and booked fights for him. What's he done since? Lost 12 fights, four by knockouts, three by TKOs, and five by unanimous decisions. And how do you know he can win tonight? Up to now, I've had him fighting pretty good. Not the way he can. I've had him training at a little private camp up in the mountains, going five, six rounds with the best boys I could find. He's knocked them all out. That's all? You mean you took my ten grand and put it on this, this wonder boy just because he's been knocking out bums in training camps? <laughs> oh, you're kidding me, Matt. You got the other boy to take a fall. You think I'd stick my neck out and try to fix a fight? You would if you thought you could do it. Well, even if I could, there'd be too many people taking a cut of the pie. My pie. Better to take a piece than try for it all and get none. Not me, Frank. I'll roll for the bundle. When you loaned me 10000 it made an even hundred grand I've spread all over the country. Why the big deal all of a sudden? I want money, real money. I'm tired of nickel and dime operations. What are you going to do if you win? When I win, I'm going to open up the biggest, safest gambling casino this side of the Mississippi. Oh, we did it. We did it. Shut the door, Lou. Oh, but I... Shut the door. Okay, okay. What round? Knock out the fifth. At 20 to 1. That's right. Two million bucks. Matt, you just won two million bucks. Get in touch with the boys, Lou. I want Al to pick up the dough in Frisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Tell Willie to cover Phoenix, Tucson, Albuquerque, and El Paso. Then go to see you guys. Sixty-third Street. Five blocks to go. Walk. Keep walking. And think. That was the beginning. What came after the beginning? The casino. The suburban gambling casino. My reward for fixing one fight. Then came the friends. Matthew Miller's giving money away. Get some of it. But be sure you give it back when you're through. Then always the gratitude. Always the benediction. Much obliged, Matt. I was real short on operating capital. That's all right, Charlie. Glad I could help. I'll see you on the 15th of next month to get my IOU back. See that you do, Charlie. You know how I feel about Welsh's. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, uh, good night, Matt. Thanks again. Good night, Charlie. Well, maybe you know what you're doing, Matt, but sometimes I think you're too loose with your dough. You mean Charlie? Oh, him for one and other guys I've seen you lend money to. What's wrong with lending now and then? Oh, nothing. Only any grifter or hood that runs out of money in this town knows they can get to you for a touch. <laughs> All right, bookkeeper. How much money have I lost since I started helping the less fortunate of my fraternity? Well, there was Richie Farlow from Detroit. He nicked you for 80 grand. Where's he now? And incidentally, where's anyone who ever welched on a loan or a gambling debt? So they're not around anymore. Cancels out, doesn't it? Just because a guy knows better than to try to welch on you is no excuse to be Mr. Soft Touch. Why not? It's not business-like. I'm not in the lending business. Well, the amount of dough you got spread around, you might just as well be. 
Now, supposing Charlie goes out of here and gets knocked off, where's your dough then? It's a chance I have to take. You shouldn't have to take chances. Charlie's wife isn't taking a chance. If Charlie gets knocked off tonight, she's rich tomorrow. He's got enough insurance to... Say that again about Charlie's wife. Why? What did I say? What happens if Charlie gets knocked off tonight? I said she'd be rich tomorrow. Why? That's what I thought you said. Hey, Matt, what are you going to do? Lou, call my lawyer. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm about to become an actuary. A what? An actuary. According to Webster, one who is skilled in life assurance. Oh, Matt, you're out of your mind. You'll never get away with it. The state would be on your neck so fast, the stock issue would never clear the broker's office. Sit down, counselor. You're wearing the nap off my carpeting. Oh, all right. Uh, First of all, is it possible to form a dummy corporation for the purpose of floating a stock issue? Well, yes, it is. Answer with a yes or no. Don't embellish your sentences. Oh, sorry. To go on. Since the stock issue will be thrown open to the public, there'll be no necessity for me to control more than 25% of the issue, right? Right. And when I sell a policy to a client, the majority of the first premium will go to me as the selling agent. That's right. Now we come to the important point. Is it perfectly legal for me to be named the beneficiary of any policy I may issue? Well, in the event... Is it legal, yes or no? Yes, yes, it's legal. And why are you fighting me? What can the state possibly do to me? Now, since that question can't be answered by a yes or no, have I your permission to elaborate? <laughs> sure, go ahead. All right. Now, what guarantee have you that these men to whom you lend money will continue to pay the premiums after they have repaid the loan? Why not? Of course. I don't care if they keep up the policy or not. All I'm interested in is protection for myself. And with that protection, if I can make an extra dollar by issuing the policy, I don't see how that can be construed as fraud or any other illegal practice. You know what happens to the company in the long run? Frankly, I don't care. By that time, I expect to have gotten what I wanted out of it. The stockholders would cause you trouble if they got together. If, Chris. People don't help each other. They're too busy helping themselves. Yeah, like you. Maybe. The difference is most of them don't know what they want. Do you, Matt? Of course I do. That's why I don't need any help. I'm just going to do it all by myself. Any more questions? Oh, no, I suppose not. Then how about a drink? I can use one. Lou? Yeah, coming right up. Don't pout, Chris. Losing this decision to me won't hurt your reputation. It's not me I'm thinking about. It's you. Me? Me? You're reaching. One of these days, you'll reach out too far. And it'll be a long, long fall to the bottom. It'll break every bone in your body. Dramatic, but unnecessary. No matter what happens, people will gamble. And the only safe place in the state is right here. This casino is my bumper. And it can cushion any fall I may take. There they are. Help yourself. Well, Chris, let's drink to our new venture. Uh, a toast, if I may. You may. To Matt. May the long fall never come. Amen. Sixty-fourth Street, four blocks from the hospital. Why am I trying? Why do I want to live? There must be a reason. A reason. Ellen. I want to live for Ellen. I want to kiss her and be kissed. I want to give her all the things I promised her. So I'll keep walking. Keep walking. Walking. 
You look tired, Matt. Anything wrong? No, no, I... I'm just trying to get Chris back in line. Sometimes I wonder if he's really on my side. You don't mean that, do you? He's a fine lawyer, Ellen. I have to admit he's gotten me out of a couple of tight spots, but I wonder sometimes if he's interested in me or the retainer I pay him. Matt, what's wrong? Chris is your friend. You don't think about friends that way. I know, but tonight was different. Tonight I felt that Chris wasn't on my side. (sighs) Forget it. I'm here with you, and that's all I care about right now. Matt. Hmm? When are you going to quit? Quit? Quit what? All this figuring and scheming and gambling. What do you know? No, I don't know. Tell me. Oh, Matt, you've got enough money to have a safe, wonderful life away from here. Away from all the hoodlums and sharpies and thieves and murderers. Why don't we just pack up and go? Matt, I'm so afraid. I love you too much to worry about you from day to day. You know, you can't live the kind of life you're living without making enemies. One of these days, somebody's going to hate you enough to... Oh, Matt. Don't you understand that it's because of you that I don't quit? Because of me? Yes. I promised myself I'd give you the city for a wedding present, and I'm not going to Welsh on a promise. But I don't want the city. I want you. I want to forget that there are fighters and cards and dice and roulette and all the other things you can't depend on. But I can depend on them. I can depend on them because I know the weaknesses of people. Mass man is the biggest sucker in the world, and the only way to punish him for it is to take his money, and that's what I'm doing. But for how long? Come with me, and I'll show you. What do you see? The city? That's right, the city. I'm going to take sucker's money until I have enough to buy it. is bringing you Mr. John Hodiak in The Case History of a Gambler. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Friends, now my starts are quick and sure. I get going right with my stay-full battery made by Autolite. Well said, my orating auto. Starting is a real fast pleasure with an Autolite Stay Full, the power-packed battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. And what's more, the Autolite Stay Full gives longer life, as proved by tests conducted according to accepted life cycle standards. So visit your nearest Autolite battery dealer soon. To quickly learn his location, call Western Union by number... And ask for me, operator 25... I'll gladly tell you the location of your nearest Autolite battery dealer who services all makes of batteries. And in case you need a new battery to give your car dependable starts in this cold weather, he has an Autolite stay-full battery, the battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Remember, from bumper to tail light, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. John Hodiak, in Elliot Lewis's production of The Case History of a Gambler, a story of the Roaring Twenties, well calculated to keep you in suspense. 
65th Street. How long can it take a man to walk six blocks? How heavy can an ounce of lead be? Two more blocks to the hospital. And when I get there, what then? Is all this worth a gamble? A gamble. Matthew Miller, the gambler. The man who lived for the gamble. The good loser. The gracious winner. A man who hated a welsher. A good gambler. A gambler. I think I'll stretch my legs for a second. What do you know? It's daylight again. Must be Monday. We'll send out for some more food. Not for me. How about you guys? I've had it. Yeah. Two days of poker is just about my limit. Well, let's make this the last hand, huh? Right by me. Okay. okay. Andy up. Jacks are better to open. Any limit on this last hand, Matt? No, why? You've been hit pretty hard this session. Afraid of your money? I know you're better than that. We think the same about bad losers, don't we, Matt? So I've noticed. Open for 5000 Huh? As my mother would say, a stranger from every village. I'm a... Matt? Five and up ten. Me? I'm up. Call you, Matt. Cards? Two. Never keep a kicker. I'll take one. Check. And up 25. Call. King's full. No kicker. I guess my flesh isn't good enough. Guess not. What's the damage? Including the 66,000 on this hand, it comes to 483,000. That's a little more than you lost to me last month, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. I'll have Lou drop the dough off tomorrow, okay? Fine. How do you want it, check or cash? Cash. Checks don't feel like money. All right, I'll send Lou over with cash. It'll be on your desk at exactly noon tomorrow. In bills of small denomination. I like the bulge it makes in my tailored suit. Huh? Anybody else know about this game? Of course not. I think so. Chris, Lou, what are you... Matt, we're in... I didn't know you had company. Just a friendly little game. I think you know most of the boys. Oh, uh, sure. Matt, Matt, we got to talk private. What's the matter? Get rid of the boys so we can talk. Sure. Sure, we just finished anyway. So long, fellas. Thanks for the game. So long, Matt. Remember, small bills. See you, Matt. Yeah, see you. Okay, what's on your mind? The casino was raided Saturday night. Saturday? This is Monday. Where have you guys been? I got picked up when the joint was raided. And I was out of town for the weekend. I got Lou out on a habeas corpus as soon as I returned this morning. How did the cops find out about the location? What happened to the alarm system? The grapevine has it that somebody in the organization tipped off the police. There's more than one man in this town that doesn't like you, Matt. What about the books? The cops got them, too. They were in the joint so fast I didn't have a chance to dump them. Well, guess they got me nailed. Okay, I'm getting out. Chris, dump my insurance stock on the market. I can get enough out. No, of... Matt. What do you mean, no? I'm telling you to get rid of my stock. Matt, there is no insurance company. Are you crazy? The company is in receivership, and the state is conducting an investigation. But how? Why? Well, one of the stockholders thought enough of his investment to go around gathering up enough proxies to vote you out of control and to have the books checked. So what? So this. Every dime in the company is frozen, and I doubt that you'll ever get to see any of it again. What about the courts? Well, intent of the fraud is pretty tough to prove in a court. 
I think I can beat the rap on that count. But that's all I can promise you. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt, but... If you say I told you so, I'll kill you right now. No, Matt, no. That's not what I was going to say at all. I'm your friend. Even though I haven't very much to give, I'd I... I don't glad... want your money, Chris. I don't need it. You see, I half expected this to happen, I guess. So I planned for it. I have a key ring in my office. On this key ring, I have ten keys. And these keys open ten safety deposit boxes with about a hundred grand in each. Lou? What are you looking at me like that for? Come on, speak up. Matt, I... Well, yeah, they... They got the key ring, too. <laughs> well, Chris, you once told me I'd reach out too far. Well, I did. It looks as if the fall broke every bone in my body. Hiya, Matt. Decided to come yourself instead of sending Lou, huh? Come on in. You can lay the dough right here. This is a pretty big desk. I don't have the dough, Gus. Don't play games with me. I don't have any sense of humor when somebody owes me money. This isn't a game. I'm broke. How broke? I'm not going to be able to pay you what I owe you right now. You're going to have to wait a little while. What do you mean I'm going to have to wait? Just what I said. I haven't got the money right now. Better get it. Where? That's your problem. All I know is you're half an hour overdue, and I don't like to be kept waiting. But I've got to have a little time. All right. I'll give you until midnight tonight. If I don't have it by then, I'll send one of my boys to see you. What are you trying to do, frighten me? No. Just letting you know where I stand. Like you once told me, if you can't pay, don't play. Well, I'm telling you that now. You shouldn't play with that door to back you up. But this is different. I had the money when I started to play. And I won it off on you. I don't think you like to lose, Matt. Why, you two-bit pitch penny. Hold it. I don't like to see blood on my carpet. You're going to be sorry you pulled that gun on me. By the time I get through with you, you'll be back peddling punch boards for a nickel a crack. As long as you don't forget you got till midnight to pay me the 483 grand. After that, you can start breaking me. But I got a hunch you're not going to do very much breaking in this town. You stepped on too many hands on your way up. And there are a lot of guys real eager to give you a push on the way down. Now get out of here. I'm tired. So tired. 66th Street. One more block. I know I'm going to make it because of Ellen. Ellen would want me to. Ellen would help me. But she isn't here now. And I don't want to be alone. I won't be alone. Ellen will be there. She's always there. And I don't want to keep her waiting. I must hurry. Walk. 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 It's midnight. Yes, I know. What are you going to do? What is there to do? Wait for Gus, I suppose. I'm afraid I have to welsh in another promise. What promise? The one I made to myself to give you the city. Oh, Matt, darling, I don't care. 
I told you once before I didn't want anything but you, and now I... Oh, Matt. I wish there was some way of starting all over again. Do you really mean that, Matt? Of course I do. Wait here. Here. What's this? I had them appraised today. They're worth almost $175,000. With these, we can go to Mexico, South America, where they never even heard of you or Gus or any of the whole rotten mess in this town. You mean you want me to run away? To class myself with all the cheap Welshers I hate? Do you know what you're asking? Yes, I know what I'm asking. Matt, I love you. I want you alive with me. I've been afraid all this time, and I'm tired of being afraid. Oh, please, Matt, before it's too late. Ellen. Where do we go? Mexico or South America? South America, it's further. South America it is. I'll go down and get your car. But they might... Don't worry. I'll be safe. Nobody knows where I am. I want you to wait here for about eight minutes. Then leave and meet me in the garage. Then we're off for the West Coast and South America. Oh, Matt, I'm so happy. Yes. I think I'm going to like South America. Welshers. Sixty eighth Street Hospital. I've made it. It's cold now. So cold. A few more steps. Got to hurry. Ellen has been waiting so long for me. Don't want to keep her waiting. When I get there, she'll take me in her arms. I'll feel the strength of her love. Chris will be there, too. And Lou. I want to tell him that I didn't break every bone in my body. Nurse. Yes? My... My name is Matthew Miller. And I... Guess... Didn't make it... After all. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Mr. John Hodiak. And here once again is our personable young star, John Hodiak. Thanks, Harlow. John, it's always a treat having you on suspense, and tonight was no exception. We all enjoyed your performance as Matt very much. That's very nice, Harlow. And if I may, I'd like to urge everybody in our audience to be sure and hear next week's unusual show, The Night Before Christmas. A great suspense story starring Miss Greer Garson. That's my good advice for tonight. And I'll join you, John, with good advice for motorists everywhere. I know, Harlow. 
You're always right with Autolite. <laughs> Correct. You're always right because Autolite is the world's largest independent manufacturer of automotive electrical equipment. Autolite makes over 400 products for cars, trucks, tractors, planes, and boats. These include Autolite batteries, such as the famous Autolite Stay Full, electrical systems used as original factory equipment on many leading makes of cars, a complete line of ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs, both standard and resistor types. All are backed by constant Autolite research and are precision-built to highest standards of quality and performance. No wonder, from bumper to tail light, you're always right with Autolite. Next week on Suspense, our star will be Miss Greer Garson in a special Christmas program, the unusual dramatization of Twas the Night Before Christmas. In weeks to come, we shall also present Mr. Herbert Marshall, Mr. Jeff Chandler, and the First Lady of Suspense, Miss Agnes Moorhead. All on Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morlick from a New York theme by Fred Steiner and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The Case History of a Gambler was written for Suspense by Ross Murray. Featured in tonight's cast was Lillian Bayef, Bill Boucher, Joseph Kearns, Lou Merrill, Herb Vigran, Martha Wentward, Charles Calvert, and Clayton Post. John Hodiak can be seen in the soon-to-be-released The Sellout. And remember next week on Suspense, Miss Greer Garson in a special Christmas broadcast, Twas the Night Before Christmas. For the location of your nearest Autolite battery or spark plug dealer, or your nearest authorized Autolite service station, phone Western Union by number and ask for Operator 25. Switch to Autolite. Good night. This is the CBS Radio Network. From December 17th, 1951, that was Suspense and the Case History of a Gambler. And that's going to wrap up this week's presentation here in the Fred Bertelson Old Time Radio Room. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed presenting it. If you have any comments about anything you've heard, or if you have a request for my next presentation, feel free to contact me anytime by visiting my website at casesuperja.net and filling out the contact form. That's at K-S-A-P-E-R-G-I-A dot net. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.